0: Locked on Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to a September 21st, Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to another episode. It's been a good week so far on the podcast. We had a couple of themed episodes. On Monday, we covered where the Blazers finished in the SI.com top 100 players. And then today, or yesterday, excuse me, we had the Blazers backcourt discussion as part of our position week on the Locked On Podcast Network. And today, we are kind of going away from the position week, and we're going to bring on a guest today. I have Anand Pandian, uh, NBA writer for CBS CBSSports.com, who just recently relocated to Portland so we get his opinion on the team, talk a little other, uh, some some other topics related to the Blazers, related to the league. Uh, good discussion, you know, we, we talked about some things not necessarily related to um you know where we think the Blazers are going to finish this year. It's not all about that, or who's going to start, and any of that stuff. Uh, just a fun conversation with Anin, and uh, it, yeah, it was great to uh, chat with him. And I, I hope you y'all enjoy. I'm happy to be joined by Anin Pandian, uh, writer for CBS Sports, an NBA writer, recently moved to Portland, a Portland transplant. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on Locked On Blazers. How's Portland life treating you now that you're here?
0: Yeah, Thanks for having me. Uh, Portland's been training really well. I do have to say I have one goal for this episode, and that's for it to be more popular in the Seth Johnson episode. Um, (laughs) So let's let's, let's make that happen.
1: Shots fired at Seth Johnston. uh, Friend of both of ours. uh, Funny guy. Comedian who came on the podcast, and he. This is just a big like. This is a big circle of of, of like hatred. Well, not hatred, just like competitive. This is a competitive circle right now because he came at Casey Holdall, who came oh, on the okay. podcast, the we the, the episode before him, and now you are coming up and taking shots at Seth. So this is a this is we. Got, it's getting real here on the Locked
0: On Blazers podcast. Yeah, we're bringing uh Portland. Portland's getting a little. Gonna get a little gritty, I guess, on this
1: podcast from now on. You know, it's about time too, because Portland. You know, Portland. Okay. For a, Portland for a long time is just get. They just get this reputation. I don't think it's ever like about time that that actually happened in Portland. But like, <laughs> I think Port, Portland gets this perception that like everybody's like warm and fuzzy, and no, we're bringing yeah. we're bringing it right now. Like this is real. Right. There's no chill right now on the lockdown Blazers yeah. podcast between guests. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on here to talk basketball. And so the Blazers, they, you know, you're going to be seeing them a lot this season. And I wonder as someone who's, you know, going to be new to the market, obviously you're not new to the league, but, uh, what kind of stuff are you, are you you interested in looking at as far as the Blazers and what, what, what stuff do you want to see out of them? What, what intrigues you about this Blazers team, uh, Heading into this this season, which is like right around the corner now,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I think the the big thing for sure is just to see the continual development of, uh, I guess, the partnership between Lillard and McCollum. Um, you know, they're definitely one of the young young uh, rising star backcourts in the, in the league. And you know, Lillard's, you know, he's been here for a little bit now. Um, definitely the, the true star, but McCollum's rise has been pretty great to see from afar. So I'm kind of interested to see that like in person. Um, cause I know Blazers in his and, you know, you know, it's what cool he, he has been playing really well, especially last season. And it seems like, uh, you know, when he got drafted, truth be told you, I had no idea really who he was, but now he seems like he's a perfect, pick, perfect fit for the organization, perfect fit for alongside Lillard. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see that. That'll be fun to see. Um, kind of a personal level. I lived in Boston for a while. Um, and I actually know a bunch of people who like kind of tangentially know, um, uh, I uh, just wanted to do the name. What's the guy's name I was talking about? Uh, uh, Pat, Pat Connaughton? Yeah, Pat Connaughton. Yes, Pat
1: Connaughton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he, that that's a who he played for name right there, Pat Connaughton.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I, already, I did it for disservice, But, yes, yeah, so I know, like, people who uh, – I know a couple of people actually like, were a couple of grades above him in the school he went to in high school. And then when he went to Notre Dame, people kept telling me, like, oh, you got to watch out for this kid Pat Connaughton. He's so good. I was like, all right, he's just like a local kid. We got great, great for him. We got d D1 scholarship, but, uh, it is pretty cool that now he's an NBA and he shows, uh, you know, basketball over at, uh, baseball, which he was supposed to like great at. Uh, so, you know, maybe on a personal, level, just talking to him about some Boston stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Blazers are young, fun, exciting team. that kind of were really surprising last year. Um, you know, I kind of got some bad advice among my colleagues that I gave them a pretty low when we were giving out like, uh. You know, what's what we expect the team, how many wins they expect to win. In the season I get a pretty low, I think I had a like maybe only like less than twenty or hovering around twenty. And I remember people had oh. me in my mentions for a while whenever the Blazers did well. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun season with them. I mean we'll see what happens. Last year they got second round, which is pretty cool. So happy to be along for a ride.
1: Yeah, uh poor the Blazers are uh like unofficially I'm just I'm just calling it right now. The Blazers are unofficially Boston's other team because sure. they've got they've got Pat Connaughton. They have Noah Vonleh, who's also from the Boston area, and then I think Shabazz Shabazz Napier is
0: from Boston, right? Yeah, Shabazz is like for real Boston. I mean, um, Noah Vonleh, I think he's from Lawrence, which is north of Boston, a bit like forty minutes, okay. and then Pat Connaughton's from um, Arlington, which is like. This is not too far from Boston. It's like, a nicer suburb, uh, but Shabazz is straight from Roxbury, uh, which is kind of like the hood of Boston, although it's going through gentrification. Um, and actually, it's funny. I used to work at, like, back in the day, I used to work at a summer camp, and Shabazz would be at this community center. This was in the summers. Um, he would be at this community center when he was at UConn, He was, like, playing pickup ball, which was kind of cool to see. He was so skinny and so small, but, like, you could definitely tell he was, like, a legit player, you know. Uh, he was like, re- he was very skinny back then. I remember. Uh, so that was cool to see. Was cool to see him now. You know, you know, do really well. UConn, I guess his NBA career has kind of been up and down, but you know, we'll see what happens to Portland. They definitely need like a a good backup type guy who they could count on. Ever, but I um, mean, last year they had like Tim Frazier, right? They kind of counted mm-hmm. on that in that role. So yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I don't expect him to play a whole lot yeah. this year. Uh, of, I, I, I don't, you know, the Boston guys, I I don't know if I want to, this might be a little too harsh, but I, I'm tempted to call them the Boston bench warmers. Cause okay, like, that's probably true, though. Yeah. no, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, the, I, cause I don't see Connaughton, I think could play on the wing, given an injury, given multiple mm-hmm. injuries on the wing and then Vonley. I just, I'm not sure about. I think he has great talent, but I just don't see how, if you are moving Alfarouk Aminu to four and you have a lot of guys who are big men and you just signed Festus Azili and you just gave Myers Leonard a ton of money, I don't necessarily see him seeing the court very much. And then Shabazz, uh, just by the fact that Lillard and McCollum are, you know, they're there all the time. Right. So it's, it's going to yeah. be tough for those guys to crack the rotation. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting that you talked about Lonley in that way. I mean, you don't believe in his potential. I mean, he's—I feel like he's still so raw. He hardly played last year, if I remember correctly. Um, he he hardly played,
1: but it was a little concerning that his you know his net rating wasn't a little bit better, given that he played the majority of his minutes with the starters. You know, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he started a lot of games. He just didn't really offensively. I think it's all it, uh, it's all going to stem to confidence and experience with him because he's he's only twenty one. You know, right. he doesn't, he's still really getting his footing. Last year was still kind of his rookie year. I believe in Vonley. I'm kind of on, I, I say I'm on Vonley Island. I just don't think, okay. I just don't think that he's going to play very much this year. I think right. they really invested a lot in him last year, which was good because no one expected them to be good. But now that people do expect the Blazers to be good, I think it's more likely that he doesn't see the floor than say Ed Davis doesn't see the floor because you know, I think Ed Davis is like really solid at what he does, and Vonleh. You know, it, it's just he has all the skills there. It's just whether he's putting them together. And you know, I, I think you just need more like solid guys, things that you know what you're going to get out of when you're trying to be a playoff team, which is where the Blazers are now, I guess. And you mentioned yeah. you mentioned CJ at the top. I guess this is as good of a time as any to talk about him because today, or not today, but this week the Milwaukee Bucks um signed Giannis Antetokounmpo to a 100 million dollar four-year extension and CJ McCollum was signed by the Blazers to a four-year 106 million dollar extension so um what what do you kind of think about about that and 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 you know Giannis getting less than than CJ did which I think to a lot of people is a surprise Yeah, it is a little
0: surprising especially um just, you know, is kind of like, not to despair and see them but, you know, he's kind of like a bigger name in the NBA circles. Um, the Bucs are like marketing as they're like, you know, superstar. But, you know, I think, I think Brian Windhorst had a report, right? You know, it actually said he took less money um, to help the Bucks going forward with their salary cap, um, which is, you know, I guess it's one of those things, like, you know, when, when the Bucks got uh, Greg Monroe last summer, I was like, I was like, oh, Milwaukee could actually be a destination uh, I don't know if that actually proved to be the case, especially because Roderella hasn't been decorated a fit. But um, <laughs> maybe maybe Giannis, maybe yeah, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, he seems like he's a smart young guy. Um, he seems really committed to the Bucs. And, you know, not to say that CJ is not doing that, but hey, if you get paid, you, you got to get paid. And um, that's definitely what McCollum did. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I I, I think that obviously in terms of the numbers, it it doesn't look good when Giannis, you know, projects to potentially, you know, to be a a superstar, you know, game changing type of player, whereas CJ McCollum, you know, could be, could one day be an all star, I think with his level of play, but I don't, I wouldn't consider him a superstar caliber player like Giannis. And the, the issue that I have, I guess with, you know, I'm not going to, I don't, want, it, it, yeah, I mean, I think you weren't very harsh on the Blazers either, I think you know, I, you weren't and I am definitely not, and I think it's it's hard to kind of rake the Blazers over the coals for, you know not letting the market get set, and kind of setting it on their own, and putting it at 106 million for CJ, and, and that being the market right. for rookie extensions, I can't really rake them over the coals for that, just because of the fact that, you know I didn't really rake them over the coals for doing the, uh extension with Damian Lillard the after LaMarcus Aldridge left. And mm-hmm. this is not a situation where you need to have somebody in place. But, you, you know, CJ, Damian Lillard needs a guy next to him too. And also, I think guys will be more focused and more willing to kind of give it their all for the organization when they know the organization, organization is giving their all to them. And so right. now now McCollum can go – because I think, you know, I don't necessarily – I'm not going to say that last season wouldn't have happened if Damian Lillard doesn't get that max extension in the summer, but it would have mm-hmm. been really interesting to see if Damian Lillard goes, you know, 100% full bore like organizing camps and organizing these meetings and these retreats and you know really taking, you know, you know really giving his all to the Blazers organization if he doesn't have that financial backing from them without, you know, mm. r- off the jump. And I think that having that benefit I think is, is huge for, I think there could be other benefits that are not financial, you know, that come from giving CJ McCollum that much money.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting take on Lillard. I kind of feel like, I think, I think you're, I think you're partly right, but also like, I think I was also, it wasn't just like a big problem, how Lillard kind of took leadership role kind of right away. And you know that's why LaMarcus well he, he like had, Unhappy
1: Well I think What Lamarcus Was unhappy about Was the fact that The organ Because he's And it's not It's not like it's Lillard I mean it's Lillard is just a really Really good at talking And really good at speaking. Yeah exactly and, and, right. and, and really good at like Being the face of a brand Or a franchise And right. so the organization Was like And he's willing to do it All of the He's willing to meet All of the obligations That that requires And he was just really willing to do that, but I I think when it was, like, leadership time behind closed doors, like the basketball leadership, he really, I think, had to kind of walk on eggshells with Aldridge and then also Matthews, who was, you know, a major leader and really tried to, like, yeah. you know, mind his P's and Q's, I guess, when it came to, like, leading the team just because – uh, you know, Aldridge was there and then there was, and then Wesley Matthews too, who was like, you know, according to a lot of guys on those teams was the emotional leader of those teams. Whereas Aldridge right, was yeah. kind of like the on court leader, lead by example. And then kind of led more towards the end of his Blazers tenure. But I, yeah, I, yeah I, that, that is an interesting point that you bring that up though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're right. I don't, money may, that should definitely motivate, you know, motivate all of us and definitely sure. motivate some players. Um, and I think, I think you're, I think you're, I think that's a good good point you have. Like, you know, maybe McCall now is like, okay, he's got, he's got the feeling now, like, okay, the organization believes in me, um, and you know, I, he obviously has a ton of confidence in himself. So now he's, he's like, not to say he's going to be overconfident, but he's going to have a little more extra, like, you know, juice going in, type of deal, right? Right. It, it's like it's like it makes you want
1: to work harder on defense, or makes you not, right. not even work harder on defense. Like other things, like you know, making sure that. You know, I don't, I don't. I don't even. You know, making sure that the rotations are right, or making sure that guys that aren't playing regularly stay engaged and they stay up, and that you know, and and not like you know, not getting frustrated with things, and it, it just like the, the knowledge that you're being taken care of. I think you know, it it it, it comforts all, you know humans, and I think that you know, I think mm-hmm. kind of you know, because I think a lot of a lot of people kind of bash the Blazers. Or, you know, rake them over the coals for the fact that they didn't, you know, let Lillard go into free agency before paying him. And then they would have had more available cap space to sign guys and they would have, you know, going into free agency because Lillard, you know, his number wouldn't have been on the books yet. And and then but the flip side of that is Lillard, you know, it's not uncertainty, but who knows if, you know, he plays – there's just a whole I I feel like it's a, it's a whole other scenario that would be it would maybe put the Blazers in a different place if they didn't take care of Lillard right away and be like this is your team we're behind you and this is you know we're showing you it's not just lip service like here's the money that we are behind you 100% this is your team and I think that yeah. you know just knowing that I think is big for players. And I think who knows how last year would have gone if they hadn't known that. So I'm not, I I try not to, I try to keep like a, an open mind when thinking about these things in not just the terms of the numbers, because there are other things that, you know, are are, that play a factor in like creating a good basketball ecosystem.
0: Oh, for sure. I think that's what happened. um, You know, like, not like I really casual fans, but people would just see the numbers, and be like, "Oh, this dude making this much money." Yeah, whatever. This poor shooting performance this game, and then yeah, you're definitely right. There's definitely so much more. I mean, you've been around locker rooms. I've been around locker rooms now for a little bit. It's just like you see like the, the little the little things that guys do. Even like the, the whatever twelfth man on the bench, and they all make it. It all makes a difference. Uh, everybody ships Everybody has a role on a team, whether we actually see it, um, you know, on TV during games or not. It, it's you know it doesn't really matter. It's just like, the teams know how to put these guys together. and Yeah, like, if they believe Lillard was the guy, that we're going to pay him right now, let him right now. And, you know, so far, you know, definitely based on the last season, it's proved to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, if CJ McCollum continues to improve, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, he has a lot of confidence in himself. As you said, you know, he he clearly is very dedicated. And, like, this is going to make him even, you know, that makes him even more dedicated. And that's why, like, right. you know, yeah, is, is, is him being more expensive than Giannis Antetokounmpo is, you know, in a vacuum, not great. But I think the Blazers have kind of shown a track record here that both, I think, given their market size and the fact that they may not be always the most attractive city for free agents and the fact that I think they – care a lot about, you know, like workplace dynamics and like having and making sure that they take care of their guys and that everyone's kind of happy. I think those are Mm -hmm. kind of factors that I, you know, want to consider a little bit more when, you know, talking about these signings, because I think it is important to think about that in those terms.
0: Yeah, for sure. kind of curious, you know, so, uh, yeah, the Portland does have that rep, right? It's not really being a desirable place for players, Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I chose to move here for a lot of reasons at Portland, uh, for, the, for the city, you know, for it's the <laughs> culture, kind of, for, uh you know, culture, cost of living, and kind of like the people, I know, like, people here are like, you know, when I go out and about, people are just, like, really passionate about the Blazers, so it seems kind of strange to me that, like, players what I want to be, uh, I don't know, so why why does Portland get, like, such a bad knock, do you think, uh, for, for, you know, incoming free agents?
1: Uh, I mean... probably there's not a whole lot to do i think okay it's it's a very it's a very white city which is probably a big reason um and i think it's i don't know it's a very like you know all the fun things to do in portland it's like eat you know uh it's not really like i don't know i mean eating is like really fun and it's important part of life but like that is like i think you know for as far as nightlife is concerned it's not like a uh, and, and you know, NBA players, they, they're awake at 3 in the morning all the time because they can't yeah, go yeah. to sleep because they're up all night for playing a game. You know, they, they go to bed super late because their schedules are off. So, like, right. if you want something to do late at night after a game because you can't sleep, there's not a whole lot to do in Portland, unfortunately. And I think maybe that is probably a factor.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So the, yeah, I guess maybe that's kind of similar if it's like in Boston, bars they're close at um two but like public transportation that's running at like 130 ish mm-hmm. so like things kind of slow down around then and the suburbs have always had a, also a similar problem getting like big name free agents like Al Horford this, this summer was probably the biggest free agent they had in like I don't know maybe like last 15 years it's like um yeah I know this is interesting it's like the city dynamics I guess it's, that's a good point you talk about how players are up the way like for me it's like oh yeah there are places here there are good places to eat food. There are good places to drink coffee and things like that. But like, obviously, players have different wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I also I also heard, like a lot of places. Just kind of like hole up in their houses here, right? They don't really go out and do anything. Explore the city.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't think that I don't. I'm not going to say that. Like, I don't think players here are like hermits. You know, like I definitely, sure, okay. you know, I definitely, okay. I definitely think they like go out and do stuff. But like. You know, I I don't like I mean, obviously, during the season, like their days are centered around, like going to the facility and then like going right. home. So, like, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of like the Portland, like things that like people recognize as like Portland, this and Portland, that like things that are very Portland, like, you know, yeah. I don't, most of those guys don't live in that Portland. Like, most NBA <laughs> players do not live in that Portland. Like, they live, they, you know, they they live oh, yeah. close to the facility and they, you know, and, and so that's probably why, you know, they may not be at, Portland just may not be as great of a destination because it just doesn't have things, you know, that, you know, I, I, I don't know of any players that are, like, living in, you know, live on the east side of Portland or live, you know. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, okay. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's definitely just- yeah, it's interesting to know, especially for me coming new here. Um, yeah, like, that's actually in Boston, it's similar. You know, I know all the guys usually live out uh, where a Celtics practice, which is kind of like, it's like a good, like, maybe like 30 minutes from downtown Boston. Um, and, it, you know, I was, last year I was living in Texas and I went to the San Antonio thing, uh, San Antonio Spurs stuff, you know, all season. And um, Spurs, I feel like they also live kind of far, far further away from stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it's, it's all interesting. I'm always, I'm always interested in like how players think about the cities that they live and play in. I mean, I guess that's kind of why that might be an aspect why Kevin Durant kind of wanted to go to uh, San Francisco, Oakland, because he wants like a bigger city for things to do. Yeah, um, but, uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, you know, I, you know, we're all just spitball. I mean, at the end of the day, I, i mean, it just, but you know, like, I mean, I, I really do think like. You know where the it's not really like you know I mean, I think Lake Oswego like West Lynn area are great places to live if you can, but like you know it's not right. necessarily like the Portland that everyone sees that's like the, the marketable Portland. Like, I don't think that I don't necessarily know if that's like the one that they experience. but who knows? Maybe, maybe they, they are getting out, getting out in the city and I just don't know. (laughs) And I'm an idiot, but, uh, but you know, that's just how I see it. I think it is interesting because like, but you know, like obviously that's the case that players like that, you know, ex NBA player that's never played for Portland or never really spent a lot of time here, you know, isn't really interested in it because, you know, the weather also, you know, it has that, that rat mm-hmm. from the rain. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's an issue because Neil O'Shea like went out of his way multiple times this summer to kind of talk about that Portland is not a sexy market. Like he'll say yeah, that, yeah. he'll say that over, over in interviews and unprompted as well. So it's clearly yeah, yeah. something that prevents them from getting players because, it wouldn't be something that the organization so like openly offers as a reason why they're not getting Hassan Whiteside or the guys that you know bl- the the fantasies that Blazers fans really want. Like that's why right. they like you know they wouldn't say that if it wasn't a real issue. I don't think. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that probably all ties into why they allowed to you know, give Willard the extension of what he did, and why they gave CJ amount of money Mm -hmm. uh, when they did did, so yeah
1: evan Evan, Evan turner 75 million i mean i mean yeah for sure yeah it it all it it, it ties back together so i mean you know what uh type of stuff have you been doing lately like what you know what what cool stuff have you been covering for cbs i think i saw that you were at tech crunch uh and and i think uh, a pretty famous warrior was there talking
0: yeah so you know and, your tech, and the tech bro listeners of the lockdown podcast probably know <laughs> about TechCrunch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, is, which is like, if uh, anybody's ever also seen uh, Silicon Valley on HBO, which is a very good show, I highly recommend it. Amazing. Um, show.
1: Um, amazing show. Amazing show. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry
0: to interrupt the story. Uh, continue. Uh, uh, hey, I can talk Silicon Valley all day if you want. but uh, <laughs> well, uh, we, gotta get, really? we we
1: got to get a new podcast for that.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, TechCrunch. It's like in the season finale of season one of uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, it's like a big deal where basically like uh, startups come and pitch their products in front of investors, and it's like a big, it's like a big startup type convention. Um, it's an orgy it's of capitalism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this year, it's uh, I guess it's every year. I think it's in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure. I think it might be in different cities, different dates, but. Um, yeah, so I just went to the one in San Francisco um, this past week to go uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, Superstar, Stephen Curry, was speaking <laughs> there, uh, which is one of the funniest things I ever got a press release for. So I was like, I have to go down and see what this is about. Um, and, you know, Curry, Curry, you know, a lot of players are investing in startup-type stuff to rent. Uh, just vent- invested in startup like, acorns, which is just something, like, within the financial, world, I believe. Oh, yeah, um, I think I Andre saw that. Gadot, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Andre Gadala, um, Sylvester, and Steph himself is a investor in like a company. It's kind of like a social media company that his like college best friend created. Um but so he was basically there to talk about that. The company is called Slice. Um and it's just like a moderated Q&A with um one of the writers from from TechCrunch. Um and she, she's actually surprisingly asked a lot of basketball questions, which is pretty interesting. Um and Steph was also there, so yeah, he kind of you know uh, if you guys saw like a quote about him talking about Colin Kaepernick, that came from that um, that uh, you know whatever startup thing TechCrunch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, but then he also did afterwards, which I was lucky uh, to get invited to. Immediately after he did his Q and A, just it was mainly fluff. Um, he he did like a private, it uh, was like a private fundraising event. There, you know, this is smart. Um, so Steph, it uh, works a lot with this uh, nonprofit and I am technically be a non nonprofit it's a grassroots campaign that's what the website says it's called nothing but nets uh, where uh, for every three he makes in a season he donates like, three nets um, like malaria nets to help stop the help fight the spread of malaria in africa and he's been there before um to like you know see how the nets work and everything like that it kind of lived you know like stayed in uh like uh, he he talked about this briefly like he stayed in like I think a small little village where he slept underneath the net just to get the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, smart, nothing but nets is the name of the organization. They were pretty smart to take advantage of Steph being at TechCrunch with, in front of all those investors. So like, Hey, he's here. Why don't we, you know, kind of, uh, they were pitching themselves as well. Like all the other stars there are like, Hey, let's do this prior fundraiser. I don't remember how much it was cost, but it was like people paid this money just to hear Steph do another Q and A for which it lasted like maybe five minutes. And then he like took pictures of Lewis which, which was good. It was probably like 40 people in there, but um, they definitely raised some money through him. Um, but that was, that was really interesting that there. He, he did talk a lot about basketball. He talked about um, how he's he strongly, he's been saying this all summer, he strongly believes that there's going to be hardly any adjustment. Well, he did say there's going to be some adjustments with, with Durant on the team now, but he still, he strongly believes that he's going to take the same amount of shots. Like gonna take the same amount of shots, and Durant's gonna be taking the same amount of shots he was taking at OKC. Which you know, all this is to be seen. Uh, but you know, the Warriors, the Warriors are a confident bunch, and they have every right to be. Um, but yeah, that was just something I went to recently. It's, it's always interesting to see players kind of in a you know, like a different environment where you wouldn't expect them to be. Um, and Steph, I did a couple different things with Steph before in the past. And he's always a real chill dude, so. Yeah, it was pretty flexible he's a pretty flexible guy in terms of where he is, but um, just just the aspect of um, like a basketball player speak at the startup. It's pretty it's a startup convention type thing, it's pretty funny. I mean the writer the the lady who was interviewing him, uh, at one point was like, All right, some of the people in this room may not know who you are <laughs> which is also crazy because he's literally like, you know, the biggest name in basketball these days, like him and LeBron. Uh, just to think of like a different world out there who would not even know who Curry is was kind of interesting and
1: funny if you think about it. That's that, that is a really weird, I mean, it's not that weird when you consider like the amount of time that like those guys are putting into like, you know, just off of after watching that show, Silicon Valley, like where like the company or the startup, like literally is their life. Like I totally could see them not knowing who Steph Curry is because they're just so involved. In that, but right. it's still just so hard to conceive, like, to still, like, just conceive of that, like, that people just, like, don't know who Steph Curry is. Like, it's just weird. Yeah.
0: It is weird, yeah. It's funny. I and mean, you know, every now and then I run to people who don't know who certain NBA players are, but it's just, it was just, it was just funny, yeah. I mean, we all get stuck in our own world, like, you know, of like course. me and you are, were just debating the extensions of CJ McCollum where people are, like, obviously debating other things in their own world, but it's, it was, it's was just, this is a like humorous thing, but then she literally asked her, like, kind of some, like, questions, like, getting to know Steph type questions, you know? Uh-huh. So it was like, oh, <laughs> which is funny. Uh
1: And you, this isn't the first time you've done something with Steph, right?
0: This is not, no. I was actually lucky last summer. Uh, it seems like every summer he's doing something. Uh, through his uh, sponsorship with Degree, a bunch of our media, media people went out to San Francisco, and we actually, like... Uh, we went to uh, a golf range, a driving range, mm-hmm. um, and you know he he we basically just hit some balls with him. He's you know he's I'm sure most of your listeners probably know he's an excellent golf player as well. You know he's golfed with Obama and um, done really well. So you know I I, I don't know anything about golf and I was pretty bad before I went. Um, i like, did like do a little test run with my buddy and when I went there it was like literally the second time I ever did it. But so yeah, he was, he was really gracious. He stopped. It was probably, like, maybe, like, I don't want to say, like, 12 of us. He stopped at each person's little tee and gave us each pointer. Some, some of the dudes have golfed before us. So like, he was kind of just, like, talking golf stuff with them. But he actually, I remember, gave me some, like, really good pointers, and like, watched me swing. And, like, my first swing was, like, really bad. But then the next one where he, like, showed me where to stand and everything was, like, real good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just funny. He, he, it was another instance also, like, you know, kind of. Kind of like when I was talking to you about like you know NBA players and going out in the cities that they live in or what what they look for in cities like you know these are all they're all just dudes you know they're all just guys like me and you and it's just interesting to see like there are different environments that's the what I, I said like you know obviously Kirby's pretty comfortable on golf courses kind of grew up in that world but it gave it helps like kind of break a little barrier if there was one to begin with about um, you know just like. to to, to just talk stuff with him you know totally
1: but that's cool no i I, that's cool that you got to have that experience and play a little play a little golf with steph that's pretty dope um do you think that they will just kind of like i guess kind of my last question like touching on the warriors thing like do you think that anybody is gonna like do, Do are they just gonna walk to the west title i mean i feel like I feel like the consensus is right now that they're just going to walk to the West High and then maybe LeBron has a chance.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably, that's definitely a consensus. Um, but we never know. You know I don't want to say injuries could, ha- injuries could happen. You never know what could happen. Maybe there's a big trade. Or did Jazz get some sort of superstar-type player? I don't know. Um, the yeah, j- I mean, the, the Warriors... The Jazz... Yeah, I mean, I, feel, I guess we can probably make make go through a quick break. I feel like the Jazz is going to be like the team that's rising up in the West pretty quickly. Um, I don't know if they're going to challenge. I doubt they can challenge going to stay for real. But Santana is definitely going to be strong. You know, even though OKC lost Durant, I feel like they're still going to be strong, especially with Westbrook. Old Depot should be pretty solid for them. Utah, yeah, Utah should be pretty good. I mean, they made some interesting moves. Like, I was talking with one of my colleagues the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, the, the Jazz have... Joe Johnson and Boris DL. like they have some veteran guys now to pair with the young guns. Obviously, the Blazers should probably be right in the mix again. Um, but hey, you know, as I, I have to say, you know, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember when you know they had a three-one lead in the finals and <laughs> they had home court advantage and they still lost. And they had, it was, that was like I remember you know we're we're obviously working during the finals and like when they lost. When, when Kyrie hit that shot, I was like, all right, Steph is going to come back, hit a three. And then I was like, oh, Kevin Love's playing really good defense. Steph, what's going on? And then the final bust of Saturday, you see, like, Kevin Love hugging LeBron. I was, like, in shock. I was like, how did the Warriors lose this? Like, I remember we to, like, immediately start, like, planning for the night. You know, like, who's running what and whatnot. And I was like, I got to take a minute to process this. How did the Warriors lose this? Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. But obviously, you know, adding Kevin Durant, it's like, the biggest X factor there is the entire history of the NBA. I mean, he's so good. Uh, but, so it, it, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's also the, the excitement, you know, like nobody expected the Warriors to lose in the finals. Right. Are we all just going to expect them to win this year? Just to go, you know, it proved before that, that that's not true. So right. Anything could happen. So. Right.
1: Right. No, Hey, no, that, you know, you're right about that. And again, you know, they, they lost a three, one lead after yeah. winning 73 games And I was definitely of the opinion, you know, before the series started, they were going to run away with it. Then the Draymond suspension happened. I was like, okay, this is getting a little, but even still, I, I still fully expected them to to come back, but then, you know, they just, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Anything can happen. Things can change. We don't know how that, you know, when you add a piece, obviously everyone is saying nothing is going to change, but they all, their words can't control what's actually going to happen. Right. Right. You know, so uh, it'll be really interesting to watch how they play and, you know, how the rest of the West is, because I think the West was kind of the West was kind of down last year. And I'd be really interested to see if maybe the West comes like has a resurgence or something, you know, just as a top to bottom Mm -hmm. conference, because I feel like, you know, last year was kind of like the first time where I feel like there weren't like, you know, six or seven, you know, six really good teams or something in the West. It was kind of like three. And then everyone was kind of you know three or four you know i think it was three or four teams that everyone but like usually it had been like six some years seven or eight really good teams getting into the playoffs i feel like last year was like a a little bit of a departure from that so it'll be really interesting to see whether that continues in that trend or if the west kind of bounces back but um, uh yeah you want to tell the people where to find you on Twitter and uh, where they can find your stuff, your writings, your work, and anything else that you're working on.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's um, my name. Is, my name's is kind of unique. It's spelled A N A N T H. And I, for some reason, there's another person who has my name apparently on Twitter. So um, my Twitter handle is A N A N T H underscore Pandian P-A-N-D-I, uh, P-A-N-D-I-A-N. Um, yeah, and you know, you just go to cbssports.com/slash-nba. Um, I'm I'm really proud of everybody I work with, from Zach Harper to uh, James Herbert, Matt Moore. Uh, we all I feel like turned out really good stuff. Um, so if you just go to that website, cbssports.com/slash-nba, one of us will be you know, we'll all be featured on that site. So check us out there. And yeah, I'm excited excited to be in Portland, excited to cover the Blazers. See a young team will be interesting. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Eric
1: yeah welcome to Portland on in and yeah you guys do lots of great work uh, over at CBS Sports their NBA section is excellent so uh, proud to have you on thanks for coming and we'll definitely see you uh, a lot more this year uh, now that you're yeah. in town covering the blazers
0: yeah nice.